welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic. I'm Bob Hassan, and I'm with my friend, Sean Bowles. I'm so glad to be here. And today we have one of your friends, which is Wes Kodis. And I want to tell you a little bit about him because we're going to be talking about financial management today and wealth building, which I think is such a cool theme that that's a role you can play for other people. But he's the founder uh, and the CEO of Kodis Wealth Professionals. And he brings 22 years of financial planning and investment management experience to the firm. He's also acting as a senior portfolio manager and senior wealth advisor. Wes is intricately involved in the day-to-day business, managing investments, models, and conducting research utilizing a highly disciplined rule-based process. And before this, he worked with his wife, uh, or he before this, him and his wife planted this, Sarah planted this. He spent over uh, a decade in two major investment firms, receiving many awards for his tenure there. So, I mean, his bio goes on and on. It's amazing the contribution locally to his community that he's made. He's been on the board of many organizations, many charities. He's awesome. And I love that you're introducing him to, to me. I get to meet him for the first time today. Because this is the kind of guy we want to talk to. Like, what is he seeing in the wealth building world? You know, and the cool thing is he's working with his wife. His wife is his CFO, which means <laughs> she controls the money. How cool is that? That's what happens in my world. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, literally, my wife is basically our CFO. But at the same time, she just has this gift too, which is really fun. And you can partner to your spouse. Yeah. Not everybody can do that or wants to do that, but both. Uh, the three of us, I guess we want to do that. I, I think it's interesting because, you know, we've been, I didn't grow up uh, with wealthy parents. My dad was a colonel in the Air Force and he wasn't an investor at all. So he had his income, he he brought in, and it was a good income. And then Sheree also, she grew up and her dad was a truck driver and, and, you know, worked in a ranch and that kind of thing. And so we didn't come from wealth. I, I had some people train me who were wealthy when I was really young and walk me through a different mindset, I guess you would say. Okay. And, but it seems to me that like a lot of Christians, when they're trying to figure out that mindset, that they're trying to make that leap from maybe a poverty background or a lower income background or a middle to lower middle class background, they're trying to get to another level. A lot of times the enemy tries to prey on them with good things that even have prophetic words about them, that it might be an investment scheme or it might be a, you know, a, a currency trade or it might be something digital or something to get involved with that doesn't have a lot of credibility behind it. Why do you think Christians are so susceptible to that? Well, I think there's this word called legacy that, that doesn't, because, because our, our church environment is relatively new in the charismatic movement and some of the other movements. And so legacy isn't a word that the church really talks about. And and I, I think people are susceptible because they want, and I'm not, I'm going to say this, but this is not what I mean. A quick, a get rich quick scheme um, in this society where. That's true. We want to steward it in our lifetime. We want to steward all of it as best as we can. Right. So why am I not rich yet? It is true. Yeah. Why am I not rich by the time I'm 30? Because everyone else on social media is, you know, why does McDonald's take so long to go through the drive through even though it took four minutes? I mean, we're in this, we're in this society that is expecting things so quickly. And, and the tried and true examples of hard work, determination, um, investing in good, stable companies that put a good, stable 
um, return out year after year isn't sexy. Yeah. And um, I think I think our our young people, people who who are in business or who are trying to make something happen right now, rather than looking at 20, 30, 40, 50 years for legacy to take over. And Sean, you know about compounding interest, you know about equity building, you know about these things that over time happen. Well, it's it's interesting though, because like I think we live in a day and age, like somebody sent me a currency I should invest into last week. And I get online and I just Google it. And Forbes says, one of the scams of this particular country is that four people work with the Minister of Finance to falsely evaluate their currency. They've all been put in jail, but there's still people falling for it. And these five places you can trade it, but it's all not real. So I look it up in two minutes. I find out the whole thing's a scam. Yet this person who's sent it to me says, this is the surest way to make millions of dollars right now, that it's a secret way or whatever. And I'm like, I feel it's weird because 20 years ago when I had friends who fell into Ponzi scams and stuff, because of even prophetic words, they didn't have that research ability. They didn't have access to people. Like I can go on LinkedIn and find financial five financial investors and just tell them, what do you think about this? And they'll all tell me right away, this is fake or this doesn't work or this is why it's not good. But people, people don't use those resources when they're making huge financial decisions a lot of times. Now I'm only talking about a small percentage of people, but I feel like we're to, we talk about hearing God's voice in the marketplace. Yeah. Now, a lot of times people who hear from God's voice in the marketplace are expecting a get rich strategy. And so I do want to warn listeners that it's, it, you know, hearing from God isn't a bypassing a process. God loves the process and hearing from God doesn't equal wealth. They're like a, a huge abundance of, you know, millions of dollars. It's still only a percentage of people will ever become wealthy in that measure of wealth. And so sometimes people get a wrong idea of like, if I hear from God, this is my result for sure. And so I will take a faith risk in this, you know, it's almost like some wrong multi-level marketing or some wrong timeshare process versus actually invest long-term in real real estate or real whatever. It's just really interesting to me how we got caught up so easily because of one person's opinion that's not even trained. Yeah. And I think that's why this interview with Wes is going to be so important because we're going to hear somebody who loves Jesus, who's on his face before the Lord, who has built a business from the ground up and who is immersed in in investing. Yeah, I love that. Well, Wes is coming up next. And if you have a family member who's involved or if you've been involved with something that just didn't pay off and you were believing prophetically, press reset, believe that God can redeem and restore go after things that have actual credibility to them because credible things God's put on the earth, credible things, incredible people building them. So look for that and use wisdom, use real wisdom, use godly wisdom. And also the, that pure, you know, crowdsource wisdom around you, because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of schemes right now. There's fresh types of Ponzi schemes. And I just want to encourage our listeners, do your due diligence and research because you do not want to give to something that you're going to lose. And you want to give to something that builds legacy. And that's very important. So thank you so much. Wes is coming up next. Do you want to be mentored in hearing God's voice? It's not hard, but it takes time, examples, practice, and conversations to really get in the place of being able to get revelation and also to know how to interpret and reply what God's showing you. I have started an online community through our platform, Transiting God Mentoring, where you receive weekly videos, weekly live group mentoring, monthly special events, and all of our past e-courses on the gifts, marriage, and relevant topics to your spiritual journey. Come join me and all my platform contributors to learn how to walk out a thriving journey of hearing God. 
Welcome back to Exploring the Marketplace with Sean and Bob. Hey, Bob, we have on today Wes Kodis. And Wes, you're a financial planner and you help people to actually make a lot of money. That's a lot of fun. And it hasn't always been that easy, I'm sure. No. But the kingdom journey that we're about to talk to you about, I'm so excited about it. Thank you. I am too. Well, Wes, great to have you here. Let's go back. Let's go back when you first started your business. I know you had a career before the business, but you started a business and was it easy? I mean, did you work like five hours a month or how, how did it work? <laughs> that was a very leading question. Yeah. You know, when I, uh, I this, this whole process has been fun because it's caused me to think about kind of the, the, the length and the depth of our, of my career. And in the beginning, um, getting into an investment management or a wealth management business, uh, as young as I did, I was in my early twenties. It's all I've, I've ever done. And I didn't have, you know, here trying to set out to be a, a wealth manager, but don't know anybody with any wealth, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So just, you know, was with a, a early on with a, a larger firm and I just, I, I hit the streets. I'd go knock on doors. I knocked on wow. thousands of doors. Mm-hmm. Um, and she took and a real easy route. <laughs> yeah, not a very efficient business plan, but, but I, I would do that, knock on doors in a suit, get to know people, let them know I was opening up this office and mm-hmm. um, asking, you know, I would ask for help. I found that a lot of folks, especially with resources, um, and, and maybe I built something on their own. They, they appreciate, uh, and want to help. And wow. so I wasn't trying to sell anything at their door. And I would just, you know, say trust isn't built in a day, but here I am, this is what I'm doing. Hmm. Could I contact you from time to time? And, uh, that's kind of how we, how we got started early on. Wow. That's incredible. I, I love, especially in today's day and age, um, when, texting is the knocking on doors mm-hmm. and you know email is one step b- more and you know when we grew up in business knocking on doors was the way to go talk to our listeners our younger listeners about like in this society or business climate now where it, it really isn't relational how do you continue to build relationships yeah it's a great question i i don't know it's very different now because you can't even, mm-hmm. it's not even legal with do not call lists and, and things like that to, to do some of what I did 22 years ago. Um, you know, and, and the, the face to everything I did was built on looking somebody in the eye and, and beginning to build trust and relationship that way. Um, today I have a, a full-time employee who, who works on reaching out to people digitally and helping people think that they find us or in some ways they do, they do find us. Um, and, and I think maybe that's, that's different now, but back in the day, it was, it was not efficient. You were not reaching out to the masses. It was one person at a time, wow. building one relationship at a time. And to, to your first question, Bob, it was 80, 90 hours a week for right. a long yeah. time. Right. Well, I want to ask about just how this started because you grew up kind of, it sounds like in a Christian home and I was reading some of your bio and I have one of my contemporary friends, Larry Randolph ended up having an impact on your life. He's a prophetic guy who was around, especially during kind of an awakening of the charismatic gifts in 89, 90, 91. Those were kind of some glory years for Larry, although he's still 
very relevant today in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Tell me about some of that awakening from going from like, I'm going to do a career in the marketplace. Yeah, I think I was, I was in eighth grade and Larry Randolph came to our small church in, in Valparaiso, Indiana. And we were at Vineyard at the time. And, and yeah. some of those guys were just part of that, that circuit. Things were just you know, we were packing the house and it had to be early nineties. It yeah. had to be right during that period, late, late eighties, early nineties. Um, and he, he pointed me out and I had a Michigan sweatshirt on at the time. And he said, stand up Michigan sweatshirt guy. And, and I was, you know, as an eighth <laughs> grader, he just started to speak over me on um, just the entrepreneurial skills that, that God wow. had placed in me. And um, he began to, he, he, he called me, uh, he said, I, I, I am an investment. God's making an investment in me and you're going to be in the investment business. And he kind of got into um, oh. some more of the detail going down that line. Then he would he went on and proceeded to prophesy about water and, and that people should be getting in the water business. And when you think about the timing of that, uh, right. he probably, you know, I, I've never forgotten that. And I've kept track of that segment of the marketplace because of that word. And I mean, if, if anybody would have, not that you run right out and, and invest in water, but there was a, there was a lot packed in about a five minute period there with Larry. No, I love and that it, because a lot of times people think if you get a prophetic word like that, that's so directive and it is what you're doing now. It makes it so much easier. And it, it does help one aspect of it, which is the discovery process was helped that day. But then there's the walking it out. Cause then you have a very clear direction and you're in middle school. I mean, that's like, you're you're a baby in some some ways, and all of a sudden you're dreaming these big dreams with God, but you're in a small town like you mentioned earlier, where you didn't know anybody of wealth. So t- talk about just after that initial, like once you started knocking on those doors, and when was the first time you really saw God break through for your career? Wow, um, I would say the uh, God broke through every day. I mean, even just um, helping me park the car and get out, you know. When you're when you go to knock on it's a it's such a humbling experience and I would have days where I drive around these neighborhoods and I would just I couldn't find the right place to park there was no perfect spot it was just all fear going on just anxiety over not wanting to get out of the car and so there's moments where I just had to have the peace of the Lord um, come over me to park that car get out and try to have 25 I was trying to have 25 meaningful conversations a day wow that's um, a lot it was a lot and and. If, you know, I always say, if, if you've never had 25 conversations in a day, try it, especially the same one over and over again with different people. <laughs> and it, it, so I think what Larry did for me was he gave me this vision on the horizon, but the valleys, the highs and the lows for the first, I, you know, people told me in, the, in this business, I'd be under overworked and underpaid for the first five years. And I think for me, that was probably 10. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Um, you know, you just, but I, I, I liked it. I really felt like I was helping people. We were trying to do a good job. There's, there's bad actors in any industry. And I knew that my heart was good. I knew I wanted to, to help folks. Um, and, and that kind of led us into, I went from trying to have this volume oriented business to really focusing on, who do I want to have as clients mm. and how can I help them and, mm. and, and, wow. and, and ask the Lord how I should do business. Cause I went, I became one of the fastest growing offices with a, a big brokerage firm in, in the country, even in our small town. 
and we had a lot of accolades. And uh, but I had a moment where I didn't recognize a woman in the grocery store, and I managed all of her money. And she said, "Hi, Wes, how you doing?" And I it hit me. This was in two thousand. This is the beginning of two thousand seven. It hit me like this is not who I am. I was at that wow. point. I had got caught up. I got caught up in um, the growth and the accolades. And so I'm opening 130 accounts a month. And this wow. this big firm is going. You're our, you're our guy, you know. And so in 2007, as things were at their finest, the Lord spoke to my wife and I, who's our CFO, and and we love working together. We've done that since 2007. But we wow. started we started this company and said fewer clients larger wealth we're getting we now take on 10 or 12 clients a year i lay on my face and i pray for who god would want us to work with um and if i could i just had a story pop in my head if i could share it tell us please i we went from knocking on doors trying to get as many people as we could to this new business model and in that at that point i had i always had 90 people who i would pray that, that, that I thought they would be ideal clients for us. Some I knew, some I didn't know, some were celebrities, some were business moguls, um, but they were on my heart for some reason. And God over the years has been so faithful. Hmm. Um, I, I literally was praying for this one gentleman that he would become a client. He found us. He's a, he's a business person that most people in business would know who he is. Um, and he, he wanted to come meet us in our office. And so we, we, I met him and I'm sitting here going, Lord, this is such an answer to prayer. I mean, this is, this is blow your mind. So like I, when I told my wife that he had called us and set up a meeting, she was like, it's still working. You know, I mean, this stuff is amazing. <laughs> and we we're so thankful. And when we sat down, this meeting, it, I immediately, it had a different feel than what I thought. And so he came in and he's like, I will, I'll start you with this. And, and I want you to manage this money that I just, you know, he, he had liquidated a, 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 an entity and was, you know, I'm going to, we're going to start here and then it's going to go from there. But this is what I want from you. He kind of shifted this thing really quick. And just as fast as I was thankful and excited that the Lord answered this prayer, I knew the Lord told me in, in almost not audibly, but very clearly, the Lord said, you're not for sale. Wow. You're not for sale and you'll never be for sale. And, and then all from that, my lens shifted, like the way I saw this man, great guy. Don't get me wrong. Amazing businessman. But I knew I wasn't supposed to work with him. Mm-hmm. And and, and, and I think it had to do with control. This guy probably, you know, it's like when sometimes when people hire you, they think they own yeah. you. And, yeah, for sure. And that was like a, that was, you know, I just went off on my own. I had taken all this risk and it's like, man, this here's, you know, this is a whale, right? This guy's going to help catapult you <laughs> into, happen. and the Lord said, no. And um, I, I say that to say sometimes God can answer prayers but he's still speaking yes. and, and he was still speaking through that. And I'm thankful that I wasn't so arrogant that I didn't listen. You know, I, that's one of the hardest things I've learned in business is to say no, but you know, it kind of leads me into my next question is, 
you seem like you're not compartmentalized, like you're the same guy at home, at church, um, at work. And, and the, the fact that you're not separated allowed you to hear the Lord when you thought you were getting this amazing answer to prayer and he was just showing yeah. you something about his character. Can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, being non-compartmentalized? I, you know, I have a desire to be authentic. Um, and, you know, being in the trust, I, I feel like we're in the trust business. And, yeah. and if, you know, I even have a hard time. I used to have a, a business coach who would tell me, you know, have your, have your average car and then have your nice car and then know which one to drive and which instances. And, and he would tell me things like, you know, and he was a good coach, but it was very surface, you know, when yeah. you go out to breakfast on Saturday morning, don't, you know, you don't get to wear sweats. Like you, you know what business you're in, you know, you get dressed, you look nice. And, and I, I tried to listen to some of that stuff early on, but I, it doesn't work for me. I, 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 I want people to know who I am. I want people to know that, that I can wear a tie or not wear a tie. I'm going to drive the car I want to drive. Uh, it's kind of that, you know, I'm not out here to, to, to impress or not impress because you, when you're dealing with people, some people want you to, to not have more money than them. Some people, you know, when, when they're trying to decide if they're going to work with us, they want you to have less money than some people. Yeah. Only will work with you if you have more than them. And right, sure. so I just tried to give the appearance of this is this is who we are. This is how we live. And the other reason I can't compartmentalize is because I work with my wife, who's my best. I was going to say that, that <laughs> changes everything right there. I do the same, so I understand. And if if I was going to fake it, she would just slap me across the face. I mean, so <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I, I kind of want to, I want to dovetail on that with your wife, um, you know, working together and starting this company together. Did she have a background as a CFO? Is that like what she was doing? Or is this something that like she took on because God was putting you in this direction? Uh, she, at, when, when I left the big firm, she, she has an accountant uh, degree. She's an accountant okay. by degree. Uh, she was an auditor for the state of Indiana. Oh, so wow. she does have a financial background. Um, and, and she has a, she, even though she's an accountant, she has, I say, even though, you know, sometimes accountants don't have the, the personality or the desire to kind of be with people as much. Yeah. She's one yeah. together. We enjoy uh, working with people and helping them. And, you know, she could really be a CFO at a small mid-sized company anywhere, mm -hmm. but we've enjoyed doing it together. That's awesome. Well, I would love to hear, is there, is there any other moments that you would talk about? I love everything you've been sharing so far because it's exactly what our audience, I think God picked you for audience. Yes. It's exactly what our audience needs. Yes. But is there any other kind of one of those moments in time stories where God showed up or did something that really pushed you forward? Um, very recently, I, I've, been, I've been praying down two paths. One, I want to work more. We, we do a lot of work with multi-generational business owners oh, wow. um, and so we're working you know with children and grandchildren of folks who started these amazing you know they all have their amazing stories um i i had just recently been praying that we would get more involved in the endowment world because we have some we have some investment strategies that work very well for 
for endowments that are thinking about the next 50 to 100 years, not just the next 20 years. And, um, and so uh, similar to this, you know, where I was just praying for more of, of an opportunity to work with those folks. And it's funny, a, a personal financial advisor for this family reached out to me and asked if I would consider running the endowment. They felt it was a conflict for him to run the endowment because he was also on a board level, you know. And so uh, my competition basically referred me to this family. (laughs) And it was humbling and I was very thankful. And so I'm sitting with this gentleman who comes with a lot of authority and he's doing great things all over the world. And I was a bit nervous uh, to say the least, but to be showered with, he's like, if you're, you know, this gentleman thinks this highly of you, tell me about yourself. And we have this conversation and we just bonded immediately. And he sends me texts. I'm so thankful that you're on the team, you know, and, and sometimes this business can be a bit of a thankless business. You know, you know, you made me money. Great. Make me more, you know, or you lost me money. That's no good. Um, but it's been a very satisfying, uh, I guess, relationship that's just being begun. And um, another one of the, I, like it wouldn't have happened unless my competition thought highly enough of me, I guess. Right. Uh, that's awesome. And our firm. So I, I, it's not maybe a, a fireworks moment, but it was a meaningful moment for our. Well, and those are those are kind of the kind of moments that Bob and I cherish hearing about because, yes. you know, if we're in a church and you hear the testimonies of the church, you might hear about somebody getting healed of cancer. You might hear about somebody having you know something happen in their prayer group or whatever. But you don't always hear these kinds of stories. And ninety nine percent of people are in the marketplace, have careers, and for them to hear you talk about the help God gave you to have favor with the, you know your competition. I think it's such a highlighted example of the kind of story that we need to put on display that when you walk with God, there's a difference when you walk with God there, he adds his value to your life. And it actually has practical, you know, usefulness, which is so beautiful. I love hearing your stories. I know you have so many more, Bob, where else do you want to go before we got to wrap up our time here? This is so good. Yeah. Well, as you've grown more and more successful, and I understand it's a process, Mm-hmm. Have you felt um, isolation as a CEO of a bigger company, and and what does that look like to you? And how do you how do you combat it? Yeah, I, I, boy, this one hits home. Yes, it some as you climb whatever the ladder is that you're climbing in the in the field that you're in. I I have found that it could get lonely. Um, especially from an encouragement standpoint, people begin to stop encouraging you. And I had, I had a, I had a mentor, a friend, he was in his sixties. He, he, he left us way too early due to brain cancer. Wow. Um, he was, he was in my office at 6am when the market was crashing in 2008 and nine. He, he called mm. the bottom of the market. I have it framed. He put his initials. He called the intraday bottom of the market on March 9th, 2009, which is wow. my wedding anniversary as well. I'll never wow. forget that day. So here I'm living through maybe one of the most stressful moments in our field. And I have this encourager, this friend, this guy who understands mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm, I'm going through. 
So he passes away and, and he had been with me. He helped us, you know, make the decision to go off on our own. I mean, he was there like a father and I have a great dad who is an encourager as well, but this guy in really encouraged me to take risk. And, yeah. and then he was there with me through it. You know, I knew what I had, but you don't know how much you're going to miss it until mm-hmm. you lose somebody like that. And I even, I, I even went to a couple guys that you both know very well and, and asked them, will you please mentor me? You know, like I, I knew I had this hole in my heart and in my yeah. life and I was trying to just replace it. And those kind of relationships, they can't be forced and they can't be faked. They, you know, they, they're built over time. And mm-hmm. that, that did cause me, I, I, I have, and I still do today go through bouts of loneliness. Um, mm-hmm. Just if you do complain, nobody cares. It's like, well, look at you, look at what you've built, look at what you have. And it's like, but you still have these same emotions. You have these holes in your heart. You have trauma that you've, dealt with in life over the years and and yes it gets it can be very lonely uh even just being asked to be a part of of this has it encouraged my heart you know Mm -hmm. other other people they want to hear you they want to know and 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 encourage so yeah Wes I think this this is the thing that I love so much about you is how humble you are and and you know Sean and I and some of our other friends are all covenant people and you know we're striving to find these covenant relationships that just take time to cultivate and when when you get them you're like oh my gosh this is special and yes and not that God could ever replace this man in the season that he had in your life but I know um, I know that he has this this whole favor and destiny coming for you with other relationships on both sides that can help encourage you and you can help and encourage others just like you're doing now to our listeners. It's so funny, Wes, this is like a prophetic moment, which we don't normally do on the show, Mm -hmm. but I had, I had this guy in my life named David Dryling, who was my mentor, my friend, my brother, sometimes dadded me, all kinds of stuff. And it was when I first started the prophetic, but he was also a businessman. So he was like getting me to invest in real estate and commodities and all kinds of stuff. And so we were never just doing, you know, ministry. He's, he, he was a travel agent. He was a real estate agent. He was a broker. He's like all kinds of things. <laughs> I learned so much. He was New York Jew, you know, a driving <laughs> yeah, Oppenheimer. Absolutely. And you, you hear that in it, right? And uh, he didn't fit very well in the Midwest because of that, but he, I loved him. And, and, and we traveled the world together. It was really a unique relationship. And that relationship, actually, when it went away, because he passed away of cancer, when it went away, uh, and I kept seeing him and while you were talking before Bob asked this question, uh, what was cool is that like someone like Bob comes into my life and that relationship trained me on how to relate to Bob and right. actually go deeper with Bob than I got had the opportunity to go with David. Although David in heaven will be one of my covenant eternal friends that you know, hopefully is seated right next to me. I love him. But it's cool like when you get another relationship that's not the replacement, but those relationships train you for someone else. And what I see with Bob is that some of the relationships he had with some of the men who passed away over the last few years of his life who were older. Bob's become them to people like me. And then I'm learning how to become like a Bob to P- or a David to people who are, you know, it's just really cool. The, tr- the transference of these relationships not only train you, but the, the prophetic moment for you is this, that was just kind of story uh, narrative, but I really feel West that God is about to raise up. I saw up and down. So it means people who are older. I saw two men who were older and several men who were younger they happen to be men. It doesn't have to be men, but it happens to be men in the picture. And I feel like you're about to enter into the greatest relational fulfillment you've ever had. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like it's for you and your wife, but I just saw that over you. Like right when we first started talking to you, I'm like, this is a relational guy who has mm-hmm. been on an island of building. And that mm-hmm. island of building has actually produced a lot of resource, but the story behind it is, is even bigger. And that's going to create context to have these other relationships that are actually not maybe all of them are local, but their their relationships are so key and important. So I'm super excited for you because I get to prophesy to you on our show <laughs> relational fulfillment like you've never had and that God's created. And this man who passed away is a picture of more, a multiplied effect that's going to be coming because both you'll be like him, but you'll also receive more like him, which is really good. So I hope that's helpful. I hope that's so good. You. Yeah. Very encouraging. I received that. Thank you, Sean. Well, we have had a great time talking to you, Wes. We love your stories. We love your heart. How can people get a hold of your organization if they would want to? What is your website? Our website is CotisWealthPro.com. And that's K-O-T-Y-S WealthPro.com. I could just see, Bob, all these young entrepreneurs going, yeah. I hope he's on his face praying for me. I hope I'm the yeah. one who helps you. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so good. Wes, thanks so much. And next, questions with Sean and Bob. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment, to upgrade everything we're doing, to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our they're a team, they're a family, they're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership, and you will become a partner. Welcome back with questions with Sean and Bob. And we have a great one from Lizzie. This is awesome, Bob, because she runs an Etsy store. Let's listen to this. Okay. Hey, Sean and Bob, my name is Lizzie Smiley. I love you guys. I run a full-time Etsy shop and a pretty successful blog. And now I'm moving into the digital space, creating a platform that will help other people start to sell on Etsy and be able to have success with it. So my question is, I love helping believers with ideas and all of that, but I also love helping the average Joe who maybe has never been exposed to the kingdom before. And I'm very attracted to sort of the Chip and Joanna Gaines style where they're a bit covert. They're not so out there with the message, but they're still sharing kingdom. And at the same time, I love to bring the prophetic in. So on my public profile, as I'm building this, what would you guys suggest in terms of like how loud I am about faith? Thanks, guys. Sean, that's an amazing question. Tell us what you think. <laughs> you have me go first. Well, I mean, I'm in a space where I do a lot of faith-based stuff, but I'm also starting to work on mainstream stuff. And I just feel like there's a place for each thing. So like there's a conversation you could have with Christians who are going after the you know marketplace. And there's a conversation that's wider that doesn't include your Christianity as far as verbally, 
but it includes the principles and the culture of it, no matter what you're doing. And so I think I, you don't have to be confused about that. You can be as, um, you know, sometimes I, I, I know, what is it? St. Francis of Assisi, I preach Christ every day. And sometimes I use words. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know if you really said that or not, but it's a great quote, which is use your faith in everything you do, but you don't have to feel a pressure to make everything about evangelism. Everything does have to be about God, but a lot of times things are about God is character, integrity, salesmanship, all those things, the way you handle your vendors, the way you handle your people, the way you handle the people who are buying, that's all how you show the love of God. And so I just feel like you don't have to have any pressure. You could be totally covert as far as there doesn't have to be an evangelistic mission on this. You can let that happen organically if that's how you feel. Or some people start a business to be evangelistic, but be really be deliberate about that ahead of time so you don't put pressure on yourself either way. You just do what you have, you know, you've decided to do. And I just think it'll be beautiful. And I love that you Chip and Joanna Gaines because they're not compartmentalized. So we all know they're Christians, but they don't ever harass anybody with their Christianity who wouldn't be um, with somebody who would care about their Christianity. They want, they want the experience of a designer or they want the experience of a builder. And it's fine that they're Christians, but if they start to just do everything out of like, and it has to have this scripture on it, it has to have this thing on it. No one would watch anymore except for a very limited niche audience, which would be the faith base. So, I'm going to encourage you to be who you are. Don't be compartmentalized, but don't feel pressure to do something with your faith. Oh, what a great answer, Sean. Lizzie, I love your question. And I'm so glad God's breathed on your Etsy business. And, you know, I'm in mainstream business. Um, I'm a believer, uh, but 99% of the time I'm dealing with people who aren't of you know faith. And so what I try to do is let my commitment um, and my character and my yes go before me. And, you know, over the years, we've had people say, we, we can't understand why your company is so different, or we can't understand why in the construction business, you're not yelling, screaming and cussing at us like everybody else does. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, sometimes I all say things like, well, I have faith or, or I'm a believer, but not, not normally. Normally is I'm saying something like I'm a service business and we want to be the best service company. Um, and so I think people can see, um, the faith in you. Um, like Sean said, the non compartmentalization in you and the authentic you. So Sean and I both encourage you to be authentic and let your light light shine before you. And you will have people who come and they'll say, okay, what's the deal? Like the Queen of Sheba to Solomon, like surely your God's real because he raised up a man like you and he loves his people. So you're going to have those moments, but you don't, you know, unless you feel like God's saying, create an evangelistic structure through a company where the whole goal is going to be that, then don't do it. Don't do it unless you hear it, unless you feel that that's your passion, because otherwise you're just going to have mixture the whole time. So I just do what you have passion for. Thanks for being an Etsy influencer and a blogger and helping so many people. You're awesome, Lizzie. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.